0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Cinematic Pulse. That's all Earth, you get. <laughs> <like a> short. <laughs> hey, I wanted to do the whole episode in a British accent, Absolutely but Cherie stopped me. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> we have um, a big win to celebrate today, by the way. We have officially reached 500 downloads.
1: Hey, let's go.
0: Woo! I literally put in my notes, like, pause for uncontrollable cheering and applause, because that is what we should receive. Please insert, like, applause and cheering in the audio track. I'll do that for you. Thank you. Um, As a special treat, we are giving you one of the movies you have been asking for since the beginning, and that is Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Insert more cheering. Why
1: are we doing Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone specifically?
0: So, specifically, we're doing Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone because today, Friday, is September the 1st, which, uh, if you pay attention, is the start of term for young little witches and wizards at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. Correct! Also, to just, like, celebrate fall, because fall doesn't start until you're watching Harry Potter again. (laughs) I mean, fall
1: doesn't start until August is over, so yes, absolutely correct.
0: August is over... Yes. Yeah, so, anyway, as always, you don't have to watch the movie in order to listen to the episode, but we always recommend it as we will never steer away from the spoilers. But, like, who hasn't seen Harry Potter I mean, at this point? It's been I feel 22 like 22 <laughs> years. Come on. That's like, like, the kind of spoilers are like Darth Vader's Luke's father level. Like, everyone knows all of the spoilers at this point. The book's been out for what? It came out in '97? Forever. I think, er, was it earlier than that? Was it like that? Hold 93? on. I got the book right next
1: to me. I'll tell you.
0: Please tell me my book is I'm all the way sure across the room. page turn,
1: page turn, Ooh, aesthetic page turn.
0: ninety-seven. Can you, can like, wow. Yep, man, we're old.
1: Cause that's when the Battle of Hogwarts was.
0: Wait, did you say get? Wait, what? Nineteen ninety-seven was the Battle of Hogwarts. Wait, please tell me how that makes sense. I thought you were saying, oh, because the books came out in ninety-seven, but they don't take place in ninety-seven. Correct. Gotcha. I understand now. I was really confused. Um, okay, so, anyway, as usual, I'm your host, Audrey. And I'm your co-host, Sheree. So, sit back, relax, and please don't silence your phone while we check your cinematic pulse. Okay, so, um, we're gonna have to do things a little bit differently for this episode because, like, this movie has been done to death by, by everyone. I mean, heck, we had an HBO special, uh, just this past, you mean what, Max? Christmas? Ugh. okay, it was a at the time. <laughs> I'm sorry for the mic clipping. <laughs> <laughs> HBO Susan
1: that joke's never gonna die
0: no it will not (laughs) i think i literally messaged you just the other day and i was like hey what about this movie it's on susan (laughs) you did (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness so um yeah we had this special on hbo and where they even had like chris columbus and everybody on giving all the behind the scenes stuff and oh and we had the, the redone version of Sorcerer's Stone on HBO, like the director's cut on HBO, um, where he had director's commentary. It was wonderful. Um yeah. And that was Chris absolutely Columbus. excellent. Mm-hmm. And I think they even did the extended edition too, with the bonus scenes with mm-hmm. the cut with the deleted scenes. Um so yeah, so we're gonna have to do things a little bit differently. Um, so to give you guys some background about kind of like especially where this podcast got started too was that like Sheree and I, especially during COVID, would just game together for hours playing Minecraft hours And, and hours. hours and I mean like hours, hours. Yeah, I I would I would regularly I had a very unhealthy routine of like staying up until two a.m. waking up Me, the next morning 6 and working five and just napping on my lunch and then like napping when i got off work and then doing it all over again <laughs> so and then during those hours and hours and hours long phone calls we would often talk about harry potter and we would kind of just like discuss it with each other and ask like what was your favorite this what was your favorite this like is there anything that How you How many would times change? did we joke about like we're going
1: to do a podcast someday
0: that's where it started, man. That's where it, That's started. Where it started. And we we're like, honestly, we we're like we we're four hours into a phone call and we we're like, we should be getting paid for this. we should. We should start a podcast. <laughs> Take what you're good at and make money doing it. That's America. <laughs> so we're gonna, I think we'll keep some of our same structure a little bit um and just definitely talk about like, Casting and characters and writing and music and stuff. But, you know, just do it in a way where we're not talking about the exact same things that have already been done to death by a million and different one productions that you guys can all go watch on various sources of streaming media.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And YouTube. So, that being said, um, for first impressions, I wanted to ask you, when did you find and get into Harry Potter?
1: Um, I was eight. My brother... So I was in second grade and my brother Aaron was in fourth grade and his teacher had been reading the books to them in class. And The movie came out and unfortunately for me, actually, no, fortunately, fortunately for me, it was Aaron's weekend to pick the movie we went to see in theaters and he picked Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone and I was upset Aww. I did not want to see this movie whatsoever. Had no interest. Did not care. As a matter of fact, I made fun of it. Walking into the theater, saying, "Why do we have to see Harry Pothead?" <laughs> oh my gosh! Yep, I didn't know what a pothead was back then. I just made fun of it because it made sense to me.
0: And so... Oh my gosh! I I do remember. I do remember that that age where you just make fun of things because everyone else makes fun of things mm-hmm. just inherently. Mm-hmm. Wow! And then
1: I remember the Quidditch scene and by that time in the film I was just enthralled I was just like what is this what is this (laughs) I need it enraptured enraptured I loved it the next weekend it was my turn to pick the film and guess what we went and saw this film again
0: yes two weekends in a row that's fantastic and I absolutely loved it. I fell in love immediately. And thus began your tradition of seeing movies in theaters more than one mm-hmm. time.
1: And then I was like, okay, so how many books are out? And can I get them, please? Um, and my parents went and bought me the first two books. Because I think both one and two were out at that point. I don't know if number three was out yet. Maybe it was.
0: Um, I don't know. I think they started making... I could tell you, but I'm not at my house with my Harry Potter books. Um. I, I think that they started making the movies right around the time that 3 was coming out or had just come out.
1: It was, uh, my parents were very excited for me to read chapter books that early in life. Like, they were like, yes, here, take all these, read them, please, read. Here's a dictionary, so you don't have to ask us what every word means.
0: My dad literally (laughs)
1: taught me how to use a dictionary, so I would stop asking what the words
0: in the books meant. Oh, that's so cute. I think I did literally at some point ask for, like, a giant Oxford thesaurus. Like, this thing is, like, it makes a coffee table book look sad. Like it's this giant (laughs) monstrosity of a book and and it's it's literally just a a massive thesaurus that includes cross references and everything like back in the days before the internet was super helpful Mm -hmm. um, that people would use to find, to use words for like, what to write and what to use instead, and my English teacher had suggested it to me because I loved writing so much, and that was what I asked for for Christmas one year was a giant thesaurus that was bigger than my head. So I'm that. glad we're friends. <laughs> 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 Clearly, we're we made the right choice in friendship. We um, what was your first so, impression? So for me, um, when I found I got into Harry Potter, I, I was actually later. Um, I got into Harry Potter, um, around the third movie. Um, okay. I believe I was in, like, around fourth grade. I was and gonna I was say, at... I'm pretty
1: sure I was in middle schoolish when the third movie came out.
0: Yeah, that sounds about right. So, um, I was at my cousin's house for the summer, and, um, and the third movie had just come out, and I think, like, My mom just recommended to my uncle, like, why don't you take Audrey and my cousin Sage and just, like, go see a movie? That'll be something fun for them, which was totally cool. So we actually went to, like, crazily, we went to the midnight premiere, which I don't know what they were thinking, taking two 10-year-olds to the midnight (laughs) premiere. I don't know how I kept my eyes open. My bedtime was, like, 9. And we went and saw the third movie. And so I was, like, 10, Mm -hmm. I think. I would have been 10 in, like, fourth grade. And that was a little thematic for me as a 10-year-old. So you saw Especially, the third like, one the first? Especially, like, the werewolf scene. I saw the third one first. Wow. Yeah, so, which is, which is interesting because, um like, we... I was definitely raised in a Christian household during, like, a very strict Christian time in society. So when the first Harry Potter movies came out, my mom... uh was definitely one of the people who like rented the movie and watched it to like vet it for us. And then was like, nope, I don't want them exposed to like magic and witchcraft and stuff. Not that she thought we were gonna like do it or that it was demonic or anything, but we just were kind of sheltered as far as like what we were allowed to watch when we were kids. And so my Mm -hmm. mom watched it first and just decided, no, they're not allowed to watch it. Which, I mean, we were really young when that one came out. Like I was even younger than you because I'm a year younger than you. And I think like, especially the scene with the mirror Avera said Mm -hmm. at the end like that would have been terrifying for me as like a six seven year old um so yeah my my foray started at the third movie and I after the movie was over I loved it I was like this is amazing I love this and I asked my mom to buy me the books so that I could read them before seeing movies one and two Mm -hmm. and I remember like like a little kitschy 10 year old tying them together with twine books one and two tying them together with twine (laughs) and carrying them around with me like a little satchel
1: (laughs) I can't with you
0: I know I love that so much I know I was so eclectic as a 10 year old (laughs) you're eclectic as a 30 year old (laughs) you're not wrong oh I love it. I'm Pinteresty now as a 30 year old. So um, I <laughs> love. I love it. Okay. So I mean, I have a lot of other questions that I want to ask you about mm-hmm. this. I like don't even know where to go. I don't want to stick on like You know what? I got a good
1: one to start with. What's Hogwarts house?
0: I. Ooh, that's a good one. I meant, I meant to write down that I definitely wanted to say that. So I have taken like the official um like quiz on Pottermore that it's like it's really in-depth um the quiz on Pottermore for anyone who hasn't done it I definitely recommend it it's not just like an internet quiz it is an in-depth quiz that like that helps assess like how you have you taken it more than once I have not I I did it once but my my answer makes perfect sense and I will not question it for a second because I took the Pottermore exam and I am a Ravenclaw
1: I took it three times because I heard that the questions, um, changed, uh, after a certain amount of time. Mm, so the first time I did it, I was a Gryffindor. Okay. Makes and sense. then the second time I took it, I was a Ravenclaw. Mm. And the third time I took it, and I took it one more time because I was like, well, I have to have the definitive answer now. And I took them over a course of, I think, eight years. So I took one. Oh, wow. When it, when Pottermore first dropped in my freshman year of college. And then I took it again, like five years later. And then I was Ravenclaw. And then I took it again two or three years later.
0: And I was definitively a
1: Gryffindor. I was Gryffindor the third yeah. time. So I was like, this is it. I'll, I'm going to go with yeah. this one. Yeah.
0: I can see that. You're definitely a Gryffindor. And if anyone's ever seen my notes, which please subscribe to our Patreon because my notes are exclusive to our Patreon access. And trust me, everything that I write down does not make it into the episode. Mm-hmm. So if you've ever seen my notes, I am 100% a Ravenclaw. I'm yes. like... If you've read the books, there are scenes where like Harry, Ron, and Hermione have to write a roll of parchment for class and like Ron's agonizing trying to get to the bottom and he's like writing really big trying to fill up the space and Hermione is already scribbling furiously on her third roll of parchment and her writing's teeny tiny. That's me. That's you. I'm Ron Weasley. That's me. I'm trying to get that done. I'm trying to get that done. Asking if you can peek off mine. No, you would never. I would never I, I, I like nah. to get the right answer you're more, I was gonna say you're more like the, the Harry version who like paid attention more than Ron did and doesn't need to cheat off Hermione but is still agonizing over it <laughs> I am
1: I'm Harry and I'm very interested in the things I'm interested in and if I'm not interested I do not care like I, I care mm. enough to get the good grade like an A but like I it's not to the point of being obsessive like Harry Potter or not Harry Potter like into the Spider-Verse obsessive that's that's my mm. level of like the way he feels about the Vince and the Dark Arts that's how I feel about movies
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So your interest is definitely um pigeonholed about certain things. Oh yeah. Psychology and movies. Psychology and movies. Makes sense. Those are interesting. Other questions that I had for you. Um, because I know you did read a little bit of the book for this. You at least tried to. Which I've read the (laughs) book. You're giving me way too much credit. I took the book (laughs) with me. You're like, the book existed at my, I thought about the book. I do actually, <laughs> the within the next there. year
1: or two, I want to read all the books again. Because I, I have not read them in 10 or more do. years. Please do. And I,
0: I highly recommend um, audiobooks, which, no. shameless plug for the audiobooks. Um, I grew up listening to the Jim Dale Red audiobooks. I mean, that's what my family listened to on road trips. I went to bed at night to the audiobooks to help me sleep. I mean, like if I ever have trouble sleeping, I turn on Jim Dale and I'm out in two minutes flat.
1: See, I don't do audiobooks because they make me tired and I can't focus on them. Like, I just can't do it. Like, if the book's in front of me, I can focus on that. But audiobooks, my mind wanders. I'm like, eh, I'm bored of listening to this.
0: See, that's funny because, like, I use audiobooks kind of like I use podcasts where I just have them on in the background because I just can't stand silence. Like, I need a little bit of noise too, I hate silence, too, but
1: I would rather listen to music than an audiobook. And I will, I don't know. I, like, podcasts are fine if I'm interested in the subject, but it just depends. Hmm. Makes sense. We're getting on we're going on um, a tangent. That has nothing to do with the movie there is or the book. There's
0: no tangent with this. <laughs> Everything is related. Um, so I well, I was talking about the books, that's why the audiobooks came up. Um, and I wanted to ask you um, specifically about Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, because I know that we have talked about many other books, and I know your answer to the question to this question for another book, but for the Sorcerer's oh. Stone Is there a scene or something in particular from the books that you wish that they had included in the movies? Or in the movie specifically for Sorcerer's Stone? Ooh. Hmm.
1: Honestly, I wish they had added the potion scene at the end when they're going through. Oh,
0: you stole my answer! I think, yeah, (laughs) the
1: potion scene. Because I really would have liked to see Hermione show off more.
0: Yeah, Hermione didn't get it. I mean, like, obviously she shines the whole movie because she is intelligent. Mm -hmm. But it would have been nice to see her character get a little bit of glory during like those the the like the trials or whatever before. I would love that because I
1: I remember reading in the book and being like I was trying to figure it out on my own because I was like wait what Same. I literally got a piece of paper out and I was like hold on hold on yes, hold on. yes me, me too see if I, I can was drawing the little bottles
0: that we were talking about mm-hmm. so for those of you who are just movie watchers or maybe haven't read the books in a while um, each of the professors had an obstacle that they included before the Sorcerer's Stone and what we didn't get in the movie was Snape's obstacle. And his obstacle was actually a riddle um, He had a line of potion bottles And a riddle in the book um, About uh, about those potion bottles And it was basically like a uh, the Once you entered the room the, the entrance and exit would burst into flame And a one potion bottle would get you through To the next obstacle And one potion bottle would get you back out the exit To go back the way you came And and it wasn't magic. You, it was not an obstacle that you could magic your way out of. It was logic. purely based on logic. It was and great. in the book, it was Hermione's time to shine, and she, um, I think at that point, Ron had already been left back in the chess room, and and Hermione went forward with Harry into the potion room. And so once they, once she figured it out for Harry, Harry couldn't, Harry didn't do it. Hermione do you to read she it to figured you? it out for it. Harry. Oh, did you find the riddle? I meant to go grab my book and have it. Please read the riddle to me. So I'm not as
1: eloquent in speaking as Audrey is, so bear with me, everyone. But it says, (laughs) danger lies before you while safety lies behind. Two of us will help you, whichever you would find. One among us seven will let you move ahead. Another will transport the drinker back instead. Two among our number hold only nettle wine. Three of us are killers waiting hidden in line. Choose unless you wish to stay here forevermore. To help you in your choice, we give you these clues for First, however slyly the potion or the poison tries to hide, you will always find some on nettle wine's left side Second, different are those who stand at either end, but if you would move for- onward, neither is your friend Third, as you see clearly, all are different size Neither dwarf nor giant holds death in their insides Fourth, the second left and the second
0: on the right are twins once you taste them, though different at first sight love which after me trying to work that out as a kid I don't think you can because you can't see them and you need to know which bottle is the dwarf bottle and which one mm-hmm. is the giant bottle
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that bothered me I wanted a picture of the bottles to be included in the book so I could work out which one was the right one because I, wonder I if too in was the trying illustrated to do this. I have those somewhere oh i do too i have the giant illustrated edition it's back i am not at home right now i'm on a trip um but it is back at my home i'll have to check and post it on our instagram if i find it because i have the giant illustrated edition i love that we both wanted the same scene though because i always wanted that one i always wanted that one and and not just because like yeah it was hermione's time to shine but also because like I I loved those puzzles when I was mm-hmm. a little kid. Like, I loved riddles like that. I was always so good at figuring them out. And I felt I really was able to connect with that scene in the book because I was like, this is me. Like, I see mm-hmm. myself in this scene and I see, like, my – what my value would be as a mm-hmm. character in this scene and what I could potentially contribute to this awesome magical world even if I wasn't potentially good at any subjects. <laughs> Same. Love riddles. So – Um, if I'm gonna have a different answer than you, um, there's actually, there's actually this whole thing, and it's kind of important, um, (sighs) some stuff happens completely differently in Like the beginning of the book? Like the beginning of the book. Um, but some stuff happens completely differently, and I'm actually, I actually want to look at the book and, and make sure that I don't, like, misspeak on this. Um... So how Harry, Ron, and Hermione find the, find Fluffy is completely different in the book. Um, in the book, obviously Harry is completely new to the wizarding world and, and, and doesn't know about a lot of the customs and everything. And he and Malfoy already kind of have their little bully rivalry going. And in the book, Malfoy challenges Harry to a duel. You know, little adorable 11-year-old wizards. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So Malfoy challenges Harry to a duel, and um, Ron interjects and says something like, or they interject, and, like, Ron volunteers to be Harry's second, and and Malfoy chooses Crab, And so they agree at a place that they're going to meet for a midnight duel. I forgot all about that. Wow. And Harry and Ron are like, well, we're not chicken, so, um, so we're gonna go. And so they get up at like midnight and they sneak out of the common room and they have like an argument. I think with like Neville or something. Oh no, they have an argument with Hermione, and she's arguing with them and she follows them out of the portrait hole and then the portrait swings shut behind her and all three of them get locked out of the common room. And so then Hermione is forced to go with them to the midnight duel until the, because the fat lady's not in the portrait for some reason. She's probably mm-hmm. off visiting Violet. And she, so she goes with them and um, then they get to the place that they were going to have the duel and like Filch is sniffing around and Draco's not there. And as it turns out, Draco never planned on showing up. He just wanted to get them in trouble mm-hmm. and he tipped Filch off that there were going to be students out of bed there in the evening that's clever though and I'm not gonna so lie. Uh, right that's so like that's so mean and shady and intelligent <laughs> that's very cunning, cunning and conniving and so as they're like frantically running away from filch and mrs norris they wind up in the forbidden corridor and as they're frantically trying to get away from filch and mrs norris they go through the locked door that has fluffy behind it so that part is the same i understand um, why
1: am- cutting that for time makes sense though
0: I do, too. Like, that's definitely something that I was thinking about as I was rereading this, and it was like, what would I cut as yeah. a director. And the other thing, and so we'll talk about it because you made a, a good point about this or you brought it up. The other thing that I would cut is something really interesting that happens at the beginning that I made a note of that I wanted to talk about. Um, so at the beginning of the book, Hagrid, and this is the same in the movie, obviously Hagrid shows up on Harry's birthday mm-hmm. at the the shack in the ocean. And so he shows up on July 31st because that's Harry's birthday. Mm-hmm. And... Um, And then they go the next day on – well, no, that is – it's still – they just go in the morning because he shows up at like midnight on July 31st. So they go that day to Diagon Alley to get all of Harry's stuff. And then later that day, Hagrid just drops him off at um, King's Cross to go get on the train. So this all happens that day. And then Harry goes to school that afternoon. But Imagine the whiplash of that
1: day. Like, hey, you're a
0: wizard. Let's uh, go. Bruh, right. We're like, I guess I don't have to go back to home to the Dursleys. So like, how bad could it be? Right.
1: Like, you are like, well, I could stay with my abusive aunt, uncle, and cousin.
0: Or I could go with this man. (laughs) Right, uh. anything's better than here. So, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> it's so dramatic. <laughs> so, um, but unless we just delete the entire month of August, that's not September the 1st. Um, mm-hmm. That is definitely still July 31st, and term has definitely not started yet. So in the books, it's actually really interesting, in the books, Hagrid gets done with his like day of shopping with Harry, and then... Um, they ride to Paddington Station and they, um, they have to go back. And for the next month, Harry actually has to spend it with the Dursleys, mm-hmm. with all of his magical supplies, with all of his school books and everything, waiting for term to start. And it's agonizing. And the Dursleys just, like, act like he doesn't exist. And poor Harry gets really, really lonely, um, um, there's a lot of wait a minute, I, minute I never even thought about that before. Mm-hmm.
1: He picks him up on yeah. his birthday, and then he picks he him up drops on his birthday. At King's Cross. Like what? Mm-hmm. Where does he go for the month? They skip a whole month. Yep. No, I never he... even thought about that. So I wonder if they mm-hmm. just never
0: addressed that. They just skipped it. Yeah, huh. I think they deleted the term start date when Harry's reading the letter in the movie, mm. so that you don't think about like when he's supposed to show up. But yeah, we know that we know from later that term starts on September the first, and that it's definitely not September the first. So yeah, in the books, he has to go back and spend an entire month with the Dursleys, and it sucks.
1: Wow, I've never even thought about that before. Wow, twenty two mm-hmm. years movies have been out, I've never once thought about
0: that. <laughs> it's like little things that like you don't you like you just don't think about because you're just watching the fluidity of the movie and it all it all ties together and it makes sense, and so you don't think about those little background details. But I mean, like from like from a director's perspective that's like obviously that's something that you're going to need to cut mm-hmm. like you yeah. don't include a month of time with harry at the dursleys like you know you need to get to the meat of the movie yeah, yeah, yeah. faster than that um, which and i was looking and i mean like harry doesn't even really like make it to hogwarts until like the first third of the book is over with
1: yeah, there's a lot of world... Well, there's not even world building yet at that point. It's just,
0: like, we got to no, get from point A to point a lot B, of, and then the world building starts there. It's, like, muggle world establishing. Like, you have to uh-huh. establish... It's, like, you have to establish Harry's miserable, normal muggle life to be able to truly appreciate the wonder and magic that is the wizarding world that he now mm-hmm. belongs to. Mm-hmm. Which, which I love, and that's something... Like, not to get into further movies too much, but that's something that I... I missed about the movies that didn't start with the Dursleys and for all the longest time those were some of my least favorite movies is the movies that didn't start with the Dursleys because like specifically like the Goblet of Fire because you almost no 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 we can't we're getting to continue sorry go ahead go ahead so well so here's here's my reasoning it's just like you you need that normalcy at the beginning of your movie to like to truly appreciate the contrast of the magical world that's why I love that's why I, that's how I feel. Okay. That's how I feel. Fair and enough. that's why I wasn't a fan of the, not, okay, not a fan of the whole movie, but I didn't like the openings of the movies that deleted the Dursleys. Cause I, I don't know, just getting thrown straight into the Wizarding World makes you take it for granted a little bit. And when having the, to the Dursleys. Fourth one, to I have a lot to say it. about
1: why I love the beginning of the fourth one. Oh, so, interesting. We'll, we'll, we'll
0: save it. Okay. All right. I love that. Well, the, four- okay. Nope. Audrey, don't talk about the fourth one. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> um one other question i wanted to ask you is what is your favorite effect from the sorcerer's stone and you can break it down into practical and special if you want to Ooh,
1: i honestly a lot of the practical effects are really good in this film with these real fire and they use like the the actual staircase moving always impressed me um, right I actually, I, even this film being 22 years old and made like probably 23 or 24 years ago, it still holds up really well. I know mean, I was complaining before we even started about motion blur.
0: <laughs> you were. And I was like, oh, I have a lot to say about this. The I'm thing is, is like, up. the
1: motion blur in some scenes, I can get past. Like when Harry's on the troll's head in the bathroom, I was like, okay, it actually looks pretty good. Not going to lie. Even 22 years, 22 years later, it looks too, pretty good. Now. Right. And hear me out. The keys okay. scene where Harry's on the broom and flying around trying to get the keys. It's not bad, but there are some moments of motion blur. I'm like, oh, it's not great. It's not great. But back then it was fantastic. It was 100%. It was awesome. But. Right. And now like it, Harry is a thousand percent all animated in those shots. And half yeah. the shot in like the Quidditch scene, the Quidditch scene, not the Quidditch sheen. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> The Quidditch scene has some really good effects, too. But there's also times where, you're like, man, they're fake. They're all animated. And it's the movement of characters on film that is just, it's weird. It just, it's, its it doesn't move naturally. And the motion blur is weird. And some of the motion blur is great for dark scenes. That's why you can get past it. And that's why you can get past it in the key, the the keys scene. But the Quidditch scene, some of them, I'm like, whew. That was 20. So years So it's ago.
0: interesting that you bring that up. And I wanted to talk to you about this because I actually made a note about that. Because honestly, it wasn't until a f- like a few years ago when like TVs really started to get good that I noticed that those weren't real players. Mm-hmm. There's it always times- bothered me for for
1: pretty not since the beginning of watching the film, 20 whatever years ago. But it's it's been in recent years where you just see how far we've come in special effects. Sure. Yeah. Like We were we were still kind of emotion effects and like that. were still kind of in their infancy back then. I mean, think of Jurassic mm-hmm. Park. It was mind blowing the special effects they used in that scene. But if oh you think and Lord about of the it, Rings too same yeah, era. If you think about it, a lot of like a lot of a lot of scenes that take place with a lot of special effects are at night because it's easier to edit around special effects because they're dark. Sure.
0: You can yeah, hide a lot sure. of your edits
1: because parts of the scene are dark. Mm-hmm. So that's why the Quidditch scene specifically is the one that I give it I give it a lot of grace because again, this was twenty. It's broad years daylight. Ago. It's broad daylight. So it's like, okay. They do they do as much as they can with using the actors as they are. It still looks chunk, like blocky and weird sometimes. Yeah, but honestly, because the, well, the whole bad. thing
0: wasn't the whole thing wasn't CGI. Mm. Like you, but you can it tell mixed.
1: You can tell when it becomes CGI and that's where you're like, Oh, I'm going to let it go and not think about it too much.
0: <laughs> so I'll say like, obviously like you have a more keen eye about that kind of stuff than I do. Um, I, that, that kind of stuff for me just kind of gets lost in the movie. Sometimes there's definitely other times where I can, I can tell, um, a lot of elemental effects usually bug me like water and fire. I can always mm-hmm. tell that they're not real. Um, But, but actually, like, the Quidditch one never, like, I never noticed it. Not until a a few years ago, like I said, when TVs really started to get good, did I notice that those players Mm -hmm. were, were CGI. And, like, my brother and I were talking about it. And, and the effect is, because you got to remember, like, the TVs that we were watching this movie on were very small. Well, and think about the aspect ratio we were watching it on, too. Right. Like, the films have
1: been, you, you remember watching films on TV, and they're like, the, Oh man, what was that phrase that would always come up? The basically they'd be like, oh, the aspect ratios change. Like this oh, this film has been formatted to fit your TV screen. That's what it was. Oh,
0: this film has been formatted to fit your screen.
1: And so you gotta think about all those things too, where like now we have to put everything into the 16 by 9 aspect ratio, where then it used to be mm-hmm. like four by three or something. So yeah, things have been yeah. <laughs> changed so much that we've had to squish these films when they used to fill a screen. And mm-hmm. But here's the thing about the quitch scene that I especially ignore all that, the, all the the stuff I don't like and focus so much, like recently I started focusing on the sound in that scene. Think about having to do the sound design for a bunch of things that don't exist. You're having to think wow. about, you have to think about what is a bludger going to sound like? The snitch. What is it going to sound like when these things move past each other? It's incredible when you think about what the wow. sound design team had to do for all of this. All of
0: Tell this. Tell me Not that just dude that scene, won an award. Oh, um, I never even thought about that. I never even thought about that. Like, because what? Who Who decides? Who? Put- <laughs> 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 I can't. I'm sorry. <sighs> who decided that Bludgers should sound like someone locked a tiny gremlin in a cage? Mm-hmm. Like, what? Who came up with that idea? And think about, like, That's think about the snitch. It sounds, like, you, it doesn't
1: sound weird. It sounds, you're like, that makes sense. That, you have to think about the hours it took for a team wow. to sit down and be like, you know what, we got to decide what this small little dainty winged little ball is going to sound like. Guys, <laughs> we're going to sit down and think about that.
0: Wow. I'm gonna Hours. have to like rewatch this stuff with some major appreciation for sound design because yeah, it's just like you watch and you take it for granted. You're like, yeah, of course that's what that sounds like. And you that, that's you, what know that sounds like. you know me
1: too. You know me too because my favorite sound design point in any film is in the sixth film of Harry Potter, the Harry Potter film. Yes, I do, my and I
0: appreciate it when so we much there, every single time. Oh,
1: it is we'll my favorite there. moment in sound design ever, and it's so minuscule and so tiny, but every time I see that scene, goosebumps.
0: Goosebumps. Okay. Bear with me. I'm looking for Oscar wins. Um, Nominee, nominee, nominee. If they won Oscars, it's definitely going to be in the technical side. Academy of Science Fiction. They won the Saturn Award for Best Costumes, Best Fantasy Film. They won a bunch of Saturn Awards. No, these are a bunch of, like, smaller things that were um, included. But it was nominated for three oscars uh one for best art direction mm-hmm. it was nominated for best costume design and then obviously because the king best music by oh Don yeah williams wow i wonder what he lost against that year because this is iconic everyone knows the harry potter theme <laughs> um so yeah anyway no i wow i can't believe their sound design didn't get something because that's insane i don't know underappreciated man Wow. So I, I was just gonna say, like the like the thing specifically about like the quidditch scene that I personally like is using the motion blur. I feel like is actually a way to hide your CGI. Oh yeah, that's
1: absolutely what it's for.
0: And and I I thought that the way that they did it was really good. I mean, heck, for it to hold up for twenty years until our TVs got really good to catch up with it, that's that's impressive. You so... know, for C- for CGI. Like, so, I don't know, I me watching the Quidditch scene and, like, just now being able to see that there's CGI. And then the other scene, too, that they use the same CGI and motion blur tactics for is the first flying lesson. And they use it for Neville. Neville yeah. in most of that scene is <laughs> yeah. CGI. Yep. And I, here's the thing, I did not notice that. Because I wasn't looking for it, for one, because so many practical effects are used in that movie. So your brain just kind of accepts it as real. uh uh-huh. And I wasn't looking for it because the other thing was, and usually this is the thing that my eye will catch, but the ragdoll physics were spot on. Oh, yeah, they're very
1: good. They're very, very good. The
0: CGI had weight to it. I was, I like, I'm still impressed with the the Neville scene.
1: I give so much credit to this film when it comes to motion blur because, I mean, I, I believe I was watching, um something behind the scenes of Harry Potter where Chris Columbus was talking about the troll scene when they're in the bathroom and he's like, mm-hmm. obviously it's not Dan up there. So we had to create a Harry Potter and you have to think, well, the way he moves, that's, he moves. Like it's really a person, you know, it's mm-hmm. really good. You, you have to give credit where it's due because you have to motion blur a non-real character and make them look human and move like a human. There's a lot that goes
0: into that and like, Big ups to the animators because y'all are doing yes. it, man. So, but ba- I guess back to my original question: like, what, um, what was your favorite effect, practical slash special, either or?
1: Practical. I still, I I'm really impressed with all the fire usage, especially at the end, um, when it's Harry versus Voldemort. Quirrell. Spoiler. Spoiler. Yeah, because that's years. all real,
0: real fire mm-hmm, in the mirror. fire side room. Um.
1: Honestly, I just love uh, the Golden Snitch. It looks so good.
0: Oh, it does. And it sounds so good. I love this. It snitch. just, oh, it's such a crisp, good sound. I'll give you one of mine. One of my, is so hard to pick, but like when I think about practical effects of this movie, I think about the one that, that mind boggles me the most. And, and I'm, I'm sure everyone knows about this one, but just in case you don't, it is the Candles in the Great Hall. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're... Are for those of you who don't know, um, in <laughs> the great hall scenes where there are candles, like the Halloween banquet, um, the candles are real. Imagine they them, sitting
1: under those,
0: they have every single one of those hundreds of candles, probably a thousand candles or more, trussed up to the ceiling on like fishing wire, basically, mm-hmm. with not to mention. On pulley systems Mm -hmm. that cause them to really give the appearance of floating up and down. And on top of that, the candles are really lit. And they're wax drip candles because you can't just have regular old candles in the sky Mm -hmm. you have to have like very victorian uh dickensian wax drip candles so all of the actors are actually having like hot wax drip down on them during those big great hall scenes because those candles are real and i i i just every time i think about that and i'm like the effort that went in to something as simple as the having four hours candles in the great hall. The, the grueling uh, hours like, which nowadays we would nowadays we would just CGI that and it would be easy mm-hmm. and you'd never think twice about it but oh this is why my the first gosh. two films are chef's kiss to me. Like just elite level of And filmmaking. honestly,
1: I'll say this too because it's only two or 3 years later when the next film came out, I think it was 2004
0: no, I think there's three. No, it's it's earlier. It's like 2003. I think is they started filming Chamber of Secrets immediately after Sorcerer's Stone because they didn't want their actors to age too much. I was 10 um, between or 11. one and two. So I was, yeah, I think it was 2003. I was in fourth
1: grade. That much I know. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy because the jump from that film to the second one are the practical or the special effects get just somehow if in two years get insanely better because i can tell Mm -hmm. you a million different i can tell you a million different special effects in that film that i love but in this one they do a lot of practical effects so i I, I appreciate the first one there aren't a lot of special effects in this film i mean like oh yeah that one stood out to me but i mean it's magic there's so many things um
0: but i feel like it's honestly what
1: makes this film so special is just really it's filmed very well it's very it's filmed very smartly well like Mhm. They they do Andrew things in such a way. Effort. Yeah, there's a lot of effort in it. And they're just really smart with how they film because obviously you're this the castle's not real. It's a miniature. They built a miniature and, Hagrid's, and they filmed
0: it. Hagrid's not a giant. Right. He's standing on <laughs> stage. They had to do Right. They had to do like just old school special effects and 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 distance work also when you have all of them in the same shot mm-hmm. and everything um like oh, I have some stuff to talk about once we get to Lord of the Rings. <laughs> but they do similar stuff to, like, what Peter Jackson did mm-hmm. to, like, make Gandalf look enormous next to Hobbits.
1: Yep. A lot of the Harry Potter sets are miniatures that are filmed around.
0: Mm-hmm. That's I love that. Mm-hmm. I also have a little miniature Hogwarts that sits on my bookshelf. So if we're talking about questions and trying to stay, and wow, I have a lot that I haven't even talked about, and we are at... 47 minutes of recording so
1: like good a good five minutes is gonna be chunked out though so put it closer to like 42 minutes
0: I but still <laughs> um so one thing that I I miss when I was reading through the books is um something we get about Harry's character but they actually put it in a deleted scene and we don't really get a lot of it after that and it's that book Harry is snarky mm-hmm He is very lippy, and as he gets older, his mouth gets him into trouble because he just doesn't know when to stop talking (laughs) when he gets older and very petulant. Um, we get it in a deleted scene and I'm so mad that it was a deleted scene because it was the epitome of what book Harry is. And it's in the potions lesson Uh when, when Snape comes over and, and is giving him the questions about like, you know, what's the difference between Monkshood and Wolfsbane? Um, where would you look if I asked you to find me a Bezoar? All that stuff. And Hermione's just sitting there bobbing up and down next to him because clearly she knows. (laughs) They deleted the the scene where he goes clearly Hermione knows (laughs) but here's the thing
1: Freeform formerly known as ABC Family
0: always gave
1: us the bonus scenes.
0: yes god bless the ABC Family Harry Potter movie marathons because they gave us the deleted scenes and that was the first time I saw that and I was like yes that's the Harry that Mm. I know from the books and I wish we got more of that in the movies because I love that Harry's snarky I got a question for you. It
1: gives, go ahead. What class would you take? What would be your favorite class to take at Hogwarts if you could take one?
0: I was thinking about this. I literally was thinking about this earlier today. I'm like, what class would I be excited for? And I have the lamest answer. Oh, goodness. Please don't say history of magic. Oh, heavens no. No, but I would think history of magic would be interesting if it had a different It would be if you were a muggle-born
1: wizard or witch.
0: Right. Which is probably which here's the thing. Well, okay, I'm gonna get off on a tangent here. But anyway, it would be if you're muggle born, um, even though Harry is just, I think, uh, just a teenage boy about it and just doesn't want to pay attention because I think I would fall asleep too if Professor Binns was droning on and on and on right. <laughs> in the same tone. I would fall asleep too, no matter what the what troll rebellion was happening. <laughs> um So, no, my answers to this question are actually um theory of magic and arithmancy you are boring why would you say that I know I'm a Ravenclaw (laughs) Um, no because I was thinking about this because I because I have an answer and it is it's that I want to understand I would want to understand like how my magic interacts with the world I would want to understand why my magic works okay why this magic interacts with this I would want to know the theory behind something so that i could cuz that's how i learn i really struggled with like chemistry and math and stuff in high school because i couldn't just do it i couldn't just go from step 1 to step 2 to step 3 i needed to understand the why what was the what's the why behind why i need to do this step after this step like what's the end goal because once i understand that i can then later do the problem autonomously without having to ask questions or wonder if i'm doing the right thing because i understand the theory behind it i understand why i need to be doing that thing and that's how i think i would feel about my magic is i would want to know why my magic interacts with the world the way that it does what are the limitations of my magic what things work better with what spells all of that stuff so I would want to know the theory behind it so that if I was ever having like trouble with a spell or something like I could look at the theory of how that spell is supposed to work which is honestly probably why Hermione is so good at the the stuff that she is because she studies and she Mm -hmm. looks at the theory of it and she understands how magic is supposed to interact with certain objects and people so that's my dumb Ravenclaw answer.
1: <laughs> that wasn't a dumb answer. That was actually a very, very good answer. Now I'm like, you would be my best friend in school. But I'm like,
0: hey, Audrey, <laughs> why is this?
1: Why it is? Like, tell me.
0: Yes, I would love to answer those questions. Okay, so what's yours? What what class would you take? Charms. Or be excited to take. Really? I would actually why?
1: just love to learn to use magic in whatever form. Just mm. being able to use magic for whatever. Charms and Defense Against the Dark Arts and Potions and Astronomy because it's me.
0: I love Astronomy. Ooh, yeah, astronomy would be fine. So
1: I'd say those four, and uh, the ones I think that would actually bore me, but would be very, very useful, would probably, like, I I know I would not care for transfiguration, even though it would actually probably be very good really? to know transfiguration. And I know that um, herbology would probably
0: also bore the heck out of me. Oh, that's interesting. I would like herbology because it would tie in with potions.
1: That's, see, so that, that's much. the part where I feel like, it would be secondary to what I really like, but I would have to know enough about it to be good at potions.
0: Mm-hmm. So My little Ravenclaw brain would be super tickled pink about that's it. That's
1: why I say charms, I think, would be my favorite because I would only have to focus on the charms and learning how to do the charms and all that stuff.
0: Whereas, and it like, would be the stuff oh, that would make your life easier. Yeah. it's It would sure. be the things
1: that you could practically use. Like, it depends because the dark arts. That's the actual use of magic. I feel like those things would interest me the most because I can actually use magic the way it's intended to, like, with my wand. So I feel like those would be the most interesting, and then obviously astronomy because I love it in real life in the Muggle world. Um,
0: In the Muggle world, so
1: it'd be fascinating to think about how astronomy interacts with the magic world. So let's maybe like maybe in in Harry's world in the magic world, you know, the star sign you're born under is like representative of maybe some of the magic could do, just like how Mm. the wand chooses you. You know, divination nonsense. all right, how's the core of your want interact with you, and maybe your star sign? Like, I those are the things like I would want to learn about because I mean it's not too different from you, where you want to learn how magic works with other magic. Where I'd be like, okay, well, I want to learn you're how you're just look at of, it
0: from a different perspective. Yeah, I, I, that's I your claw
1: brain. <laughs> yeah, see, it's the other, it's the secondary part of my brain. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'd say charms would be the one I'd be most excited to learn about.
0: I like that. um Okay, so a couple of things that I noticed when I was reading the books was like. And we were talking about things that get cut from from movies for just for time's sake. But one of the ones was um, they don't really explain in like the second book why Harry gets um, a new bedroom. Um, But because if you notice, like he goes from the first movie, he goes from the cupboard under the stairs. And in the second book or in the second movie, he just all of a sudden has a bedroom and they don't explain it. Um, the only nod that they give to it is like Vernon says, we've even given you Dudley's second bedroom purely out of the goodness of our hearts. (laughs) Sure. Um, so, but it actually happens in the first book, um, when Harry starts getting his letters because the letters are specifically addressed to Harry's cupboard under the stairs, right? Right. And so, in the book, the Dursleys start to get nervous. They feel like they're being spied on. Uh-huh. They don't like that someone sees that Harry sleeps in the cupboard the under the stairs they're because be judged. Because that's embarrassing, right? And they're they're people people. They they are gossipers and they want to look good to everybody. And so, thinking that there are people who see that they have a boy living in their cupboard under their stairs, they're like, "Well, we can't have that. We can't have people thinking badly of us, even if they're weird wizarding folk, right?" <laughs> And so they move Harry in the first book to to Dudley's second bedroom that has all of his broken toys and mm-hmm. and computers and stuff in it. Um, and I was just thinking about that because that's one of those things that, like, just is a change from from movie one to movie two, but you don't see the background of why that change happened. Yeah. Um, And the other thing that I wish... So something I, I did want to talk about, and it's one of those things that, like, you you can't you can't know as a director because all the books haven't been written yet but it's like the things that are important in the book and would have been helpful to include um I'll give you I'll give you like a for instance so like in the in the fifth book um Harry uh not not Harry I'm sorry Fred and George get into like a, a fight with um the Slytherin Quidditch captain and they shove him into a broken vanishing cabinet mm-hmm. um, and then he's he actually spends a significant amount of time like stuck in, in this vanishing cabinet and then manages to like apparate out and actually winds up in St. Mungo's which is the wizarding hospital for a long time because he it messed with his head a little bit because he'd never passed his apparition test. There's like a whole thing. But that vanishing cap, that broken vanishing cabinet that they shoved, Montague is his name, they, they shoved Montague into, gets put in the room of requirement mm-hmm. so that students don't have access to it. And then in the sixth book, that is the vanishing cabinet that the Death Eaters are able to come through to mm-hmm. Hogwarts. And Draco found out about it because of Montague getting shoved into it. Because when Montague came back, he told Draco about... Um, being able to sometimes hear something that was going on at school and sometimes hear things that were going on at Borgen and Burke's. And he kind of put two and two together that it had a sister cabinet mm-hmm. because of what Montague had told him. But that's all book stuff and it doesn't get put in the movies. It's just like six book Draco is using the vanishing cabinet. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the Easter eggs in the first book that I wish that they would have included because she usually uses at least one that's going to be relative in the next book. Or um, relevant in the next book, and in this one, um, the Easter egg is when Harry meets Hagrid, um, and obviously he has the the broken pieces of his wand, and he um says he gives Dudley a pig's tail, and he says sorry. Strictly speaking, I'm not allowed to do magic, and Harry asks in the book he asks why not, and I don't think he asks in the movie. Um, they just kind of brush past it, but in the book Harry asks why not, and Hagrid tells him, well. I actually got expelled in my third year of school and they snapped my wand in half. Mm -hmm. I've still got the pieces though. And then Harry asks, why were you expelled? And Hagrid basically says like, "Mm, that's a conversation for another time and brushes past it. But that's so relevant because Hagrid being expelled is part of the main plot point of the next book. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's just, that's, from as a a book reader and somebody who loves all of the fine details that you can never put into movies and stuff, I wish that they would have included that in the movie and especially from movie to movie that they would find that Easter egg and include it in the movie just to tie them all together, you know, because I don't know, it just would have been such a nice Easter egg to know that like something important for the next movie got brought up as like in passing in the first one. That's just me being picky, but I would have loved that when I was reading the book. I was like, oh, I wish we'd gotten that in the movie because that was such a cool little piece of information. Mm-hmm. Okay, before we go and... I have yes, go
1: ahead. question for you. What is your favorite scene in the film and why?
0: Oh, I also had a what's our favorite scene. Oh, man. What is my favorite scene? You go first.
1: I... I have to split it between two because they're both very important moments for Harry and his history. So one is the wand shop scene where he's getting his wand
0: because... Mm, I knew you were going to
1: say that. That is the first one. I really, really enjoy because there's a lot of things because we're getting introduced to the magic with Harry at the same time. So it's all wonderful and magical to us as well. But I always love the moment where Ollivander is like, hmm... I wonder if this wand is going to interact with Harry. Mm. What I love is he contemplates it and he's shrouded in darkness while he thinks about it. And like, so good. Cause there's a lot of darkness in that history of those two wands. And he's Mm -hmm. about to like, I'm handing your future into you. Like you are now going to be, you're already connected to Voldemort. Now I'm going to double it up. So, mm-hmm. always really loved that scene in the moment where Harry puts the wand in his hand and the music, like, the choral music along with, like, the light and the movement of the air around them. Oh, stunning. Beautiful scene. Love that scene. The other one is when they're in the woods in the Forbidden Forest mm-hmm. when they're getting their punishment. That scene where Harry comes face-to-face with Voldemort for the first time and, um, what's the centaur's name? Remind me. I'm blanking. Forenzy. Thank you. When he comes, you know, face-to-face with Harry, that moment Ray's telling him, about Voldemort. That's the tone shift for the rest of everything. Like, that, We now know Harry's purpose is right there. That's where mm-hmm. it starts. Like, like that's when the the showdown, the start of the the end, right there
0: begins. The start of the beginning of the end. hmm The beginning of the yeah. end. Those are good right answers. Okay. So, my favorite scene, and, like, when I go by favorite scene, I go by, like, the scene that makes me, like, feel feel good the most in a movie like the scene that no matter how many times I watch it like it always makes me feel happy Uh and there are several scenes like that in this movie because you know it's the beginning of an adventure and you and I both love beginnings Mm -hmm. it's the reason why The Fellowship of the Ring is my favorite Lord of the Rings movie why The Hobbit is my favorite Hobbit or The Unexpected Journey is my favorite Hobbit movie I love beginnings and so it's Interesting that actually, my favorite scene in this movie is besides the ending train scene, because that one warms my heart mm-hmm. like a winter fireplace. Harry's because last I will like
1: always gets me. Oh,
0: mm, uh, it always gets me. So, besides that one. Um, it's actually, some, it harkens back to something that you and I were kind of talking about before we started recording. And it's, um, it's about poor Neville and how he deserved more than 10 points. Oh. <laughs> 10 points? <laughs> That's it? Criminal. <laughs> Criminal. And I'm like. I know. <laughs> he, so he deserved 60 points. I know. So. 70. So we. <laughs> We're ta- my mom and I were talking about this, and my mom pointed out something really interesting that, you know, so Dumbledore is awarding out all of these points, which I've seen so many memes making fun of this scene because, like Dumbledore way recently, too. <laughs> like I saw one today. Yeah, Yes, it, they always come up. And it's our generation poking mm-hmm. fun at it. And you know what? Shut up, okay? Because if it was the bullies in our class finally getting their comeuppance, we would be rejoicing too, Absolutely. okay? Because we all went to school with a Slytherin and good Lord, did just once, we want to see the teacher give them what they deserved. <laughs> and this is that. Because the Slytherins are jerks and they've been winning the House Cup every year in a row for like, I think it's like, Seven years straight or something—I something, think—is what they say in the book. Yeah, and and so no one has won the house cup besides like Slytherin for forever, and because they're sneaky and they get points from like Snape as their favorite teacher and as the head of house and everything. So, Dumbledore is giving out these points that also took place like after the end of term, too, by the way. So, they do, they literally are last minute points that need to be awarded because you don't know, just defeat Voldemort and then get a piece of cake and get to go home. Right. So, I risked my life for uh, these points. All of that to say. So, he's awarding out all of these points and he saves Neville for last. Because he's he the best. He saves Neville for last. And. There's a couple reasons for that. One of that, one of them is because the best for last, Audrey. You, because the best for best last, boy. And you don't. He doesn't. You don't need that many points to bump them up ahead to beat Slytherin. They don't need to do it as overkill. You just need to bump them over, and. And he gave Dumbledore waited to give that honor to Neville. Mm-hmm. Wasn't Harry, wasn't Hermione, wasn't Ron, you know, defeating Voldemort and playing chess and all that stuff that won the House Cup for Gryffindor. No. Neville won the House Cup. Loved that. That,
1: that That's a great point, even though he still deserved, like, 150 points. I'm just saying.
0: Yes. But <laughs> Never you're right. It makes him the hero at the end.
1: Door. Like, Harry did all this great
0: it things. It makes but him think the hero. Think about it,
1: though. It is so true. I'm, How hard is it to up. tell I'm, your I'm, friends they messed up? It is up. But
0: so hard. It is so hard. And only a good friend will be honest mm-hmm. with their friends mm-hmm. about something. And I'm so glad that you used the word hero mm-hmm. because my mom pointed out something. She said, oh... They made Neville the hero. Mm -hmm. And that means that Neville was the hero at the beginning of the journey. And Neville is the hero at the end. Mm -hmm. Because Neville kills the snake. He sure does.
1: He sure does. (laughs) He sure does.
0: Wow, he does it
1: twice. You're right. (sighs) He kills the snake twice. What?
0: Yeah. My whole Uh, life just mm -hmm. changed again. I got like full body chills. When my mom said that, I'm having a whole moment right now. My gosh. He killed a snake twice. Yes, he did. First book and last book. Wow! Like, I'm having a whole moment right now. What a heroic bookend. I can't. Like, Neville's the secret hero of this whole story. I mean, he is. Like, yeah, okay. Harry died and everything. That's, That's cool. But Neville.
1: Man, I just had a whole moment. I'm so glad you brought that up. I never thought about that. He killed a snake once and he killed a snake twice.
0: (sighs) Neville forever, man. Neville forever. Best boy. Best boy. All right. That's a great note to end on. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So that concludes our episode on Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Thank you guys again so much for getting us to 500 downloads. Like, like I really I could cry thinking about that 500 downloads who wanted to listen to us 500 times y'all appreciate you guys appreciate you guys so much you make my heart so full thinking about that by the way you can Um, watch
1: Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone on
0: Max Susan
1: soon to be known as Susan give it two years
0: (laughs) um did you hear my Wookiee noise that just came out of my mouth I'm gonna leave
1: it in too it's gonna be great
0: (laughs) Um, why do you hate me?
1: Oh, I need the funnies when I edit. I need it.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm never going to be able to do that again on purpose. Okay, so... um. As a celebration for our 500 downloads, we are going to be doing a giveaway soon, so make sure to keep an eye on our Instagram um, so that you are on that. Um, next week is the weekend before September 11th, so being the patriotic people that we are, <laughs> um, we, had a, we had a lot of movies we wanted to talk about. Um, I pitched Fury, we talked about doing The Patriot, but unfortunately, no one's being American this year, and all those movies are not available on any streaming services, so... After some discussion, we landed on one of the most equally patriotic movies, Captain America. Because what's more America than Captain America? Nothing. Nothing is more American than Captain America. Ka-ka. Ka-ka. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's more like, eh, like you need an eagle screech noise there <laughs> and fireworks. So make sure we be here uh, next Friday to tune in. Class dismissed cinematic pulse is edited and produced by Cherie jackson the episodes and theme are written and performed by yours truly please do us a favor and if you want exclusive content go ahead and subscribe to our patreon make sure to follow us on instagram facebook and tiktok and you can find cinematic pulse on apple Podcasts, spotify and amazon music thank you so much for listening because we just checked your cinematic pulse